Some people put so much stock and so much, so much value and they, they attribute so much to whatever spirit is coming against them. But you have the Holy Spirit that says, I want you to walk holy as I am holy. No demon power can have its way with you. that you need to keep in mind when we're battling against a power and a principality. So first Kings 19 verse starting with verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Elijah did the right thing. Elijah was brave. Elijah stood up, stood up to all the prophets of Baal and destroyed them, killed them. And Jezebel was livid. Verse 2, Jezebel couldn't go on her own, but she decided to send a messenger. And I told you that whenever the enemy tried to mess with you, he sends a messenger. He sends someone that maybe you wouldn't even think. She sent a messenger to Elijah. And this messenger said, so let the gods do to me. More also, if I don't make your life the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. In other words, you killed them over my dead body. I mean, you don't talk like that. You better not talk like that because you're cursing yourself if you do. But this is basically what she said. She says, your life's going to, if I don't kill you, I'll die. That's kind of what she said. Because you killed my prophets. If I don't kill you, okay, I'm going to die. It's so wicked, but it's actually, but it actually does, it does happen. Maybe not in the exact words, but it does happen. And it shouldn't happen. And so she sends, she sends this messenger with this wicked curse. And verse 3 when he saw that, he, he rose. He arose and he ran for his life. When he saw that, but all that he saw was a messenger that was sent with a message. But it says when he saw that. He had the wisdom and he had the insight to see the spirit that was assigned and that was attacking him. He had the wisdom to see that there was, there was a spirit that was released through the words that were spoken. And that's what we talked about, that we need to know. We have to have the discernment that grows within us that we can discern when a spirit is released through words that are spoken. He knew. He ran. That's not, the, that's not the solution. Running isn't the solution. He knew. He was discouraged, and he ran. And I told you that soon after that, he, his ministry ended. It was given to somebody else, to Elisha, who asked for a double portion and received it. Right? So, but he knew, and he ran, and he hid. And he, asked, he, he actually also wished himself dead. The spirit started to repeat itself. What did she say? But it came again. It came out of his mouth, you know, and then it actually did happen. She died as well. Death continues. But let me tell you, the spirit was released, and we know that he didn't handle it correctly. He just ran. And for the mercy of God, okay, because of the mercy of God, I believe he didn't receive what he could have received. But the ministry did end. That's not good. Right? Now, you can say, well, maybe that was the end of his ministry. Maybe it was, and maybe it wasn't. It's pretty, pretty um, specific, though, that e Elisha gets, 
He says, the Lord says, anoint Elisha in your place. Your replacement is right here. Anoint that person. Some of us that are so used to the God is a God of love, and you forget that he's also just. And that we need to remember, there is a way of dealing with powers and principalities, and then there's a way not to deal with them. And then there is a way that God says, I want you to recognize, I am looking for two things, and I'm going to go over those two things today. Because Elijah just ran. He ran because he had fear, discouragement. Discouragement hit him. He was so discouraged. Hey, it happens to all of us. You just can't let it continue. I'm not saying anybody that we're all above this or any of us are above this, but we just can't let it continue. When discouragement tries to hit you, when offense tries to hit you, when, when pride, arrogance, whatever it is, fear tries to hit you, when, when jealousy tries to hit you, you must realize there's been an assignment that's been released against you, and you need to do something, the right something, the correct thing about it, right? So the finished work on the cross and our obedience to live biblically is really our safeguard against any and all demonic spirits. You got to realize that no matter what, God is above and God is in charge and God is greater no matter what. No matter what is coming against you. Some people put so much stock and so much, so much value and they, they attribute so much to whatever spirit is coming against them. But you have the Holy Spirit that says, I want you to walk holy as I am holy. And if you walk holy as he is holy, no demon power can have its way with you. Because you're going to be wise in the Lord and not in your own eyes. So it's because of the blood of Jesus that you reign, right? Because of the finished work of the cross. So we need to learn to discern when a power or principality is working against us and biblically destroy it. It is not your good efforts that destroy these, these assignments. It's not your elegance in your prayer. It's not how much you fast, although there's a, fasting is part of it and it plays a role. But it's not your ability. It's not how much scripture you have memorized, although it's important to memorize the scripture and use it. But it is truly your dependency on the word of God. It is truly your understanding that the blood of Jesus already paid that price. And then it's your ability to rise up with those understandings of those two points and stand your ground and say, no, you don't, devil. No, you don't. This is what the word says, and I apply the blood of Jesus. He's against you. And it's not your ability. It is your strength in Christ. Lest you get puffed up. Lest the devil works a different advantage against you, right? But turn to Colossians chapter 2. Verse 15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. When we live under the lordship of Jesus Christ, we have no fear of the devil. When we live under his lordship, we rule and we reign with him. But we just got done reading Second or Colossians 2.15, and it just got done telling us that Jesus, we were reading kind of mid-chapter, mid, um, that Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. He disarmed them, disjointed, unable to be used, right? And then he made, he made a public shame. He, he spoiled the principalities. He made a public shame of them. So when we live under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and hear me, church, this is the most important thing. We live under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It means we, we recognize he's in, he is in charge and not us. We are 
going to be compliant to the will of God and not to the will of Satan. We are not going to allow the enemy to entangle us. You might say, how would the en enemy entangle us? Oh, also, so many ways. So many ways. You know, when you, listen to, when you listen to somebody that's filling your ear with lies, with gossip, with anything that's an element of doubt, you are allowing the enemy to entangle you. You are allowing the enemy to slime you. And the best thing that we do if somebody comes to you, okay, is you need to speak to that. You need to speak up. You know what you don't say can affect you in a negative way. Unsanctified mercy is a sure way to destruction. Unsanctified mercy. You can have a gift of mercy and compassion, but if your gift of mercy and compassion is not sanctified in the Lord, you could be operating out of a soulish realm and it's not going to bring the glory of God. And it will bring destruction. When we allow our emotions to lead us, what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan. You don't have the things of God in your heart. You have the thing, the will of man. You, you, you're trying to tell me, oh, you're not going to die. You're not going to, oh, no, you're not going to die. And I've shared this example with you before because it's so fitting. You think you're doing the right thing because you're a friend. But a friend loves at all times, right? But you've got to be, be afraid of the kisses. We have to have the wisdom of God and know I'm going to have the backbone of the Lord. And I'm not going to allow deception to get into my heart and don't think for a moment that he doesn't try the enemy for every one of you. Now, I love what God just told us today corporately. We've been moving in the realm of God's glory and it's been increasing and it's been wonderful and it's going to continue to increase. But every war that you fight, even in the natural, any war that is fought in the natural, there are seasons of ebb and flow and there are seasons where all of a sudden the attack became greater than the victory for that moment. You don't shrink back. You recognize the moment. Unsanctified mercy. Unsanctified compassion. We were talking about entanglements. Some, some things that could be considered entanglements. Undermining authority. You may not like what the authority in your life says, at that moment, your spiritual authority, you may just want to rebel and have resistance, but I'll tell you, that's not the way to go. That's the way of kicking your, your heels in. And that's when the Lord said to, to Saul, why are you kicking against the goats? Not going to be good for you. And he had to be blind for three days before he woke up and said, wow, it wasn't good for me. What's another way of, allow, of allowing entanglement? The Bible doesn't say that anger is you know, is bad, except for that when anger causes you to sin. And it says not to let the anger, you know, your, your anger go down on, in, the sun go down on your anger, right? So wrath, when anger, when your anger turns to wrath, that's murder. And that's not at all of God. We have choices, every one of us, in how we respond. You have choices in how you respond to the things that are done that are not of God, done to you, over, or maybe you overlook, you, or you, you, I'm not overlook, maybe you see it, you happen to see something, you have a response as to how you react. Is it always easy to react the right way? No, of course not. But is it right? Yes, of course it's right. It's what God is telling us to do. And so 
when anger turns to rage, when anger turns to rage, that rage is, is what kills people. And that's what, that's what anger, that's the root of it. It's the goal. We're going to turn to 2 Corinthians 4. I'm speaking to you as I would speak to my own children. Because we are not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. Don't think for a moment the enemy hasn't watched and seen what has happened and each time happens in these services. Don't think for a moment he doesn't see what the glorious advancements that are happening personally in your lives, many of your lives. So what is he going to try to do but put in some, some wedge, strike, have that serpent strike? Paul shook it off when, the, when, that, when that viper bit him. Are you going to shake it off or are you just going to sit there and sulk in your misery? Shake it off. We're shaking it off. And in shaking it off, we're not going to allow a spirit of offense, unforgiveness, heaviness, oppression, all on and on and on. We're going to separate that which is not of God from our souls. Separate these things from me. I separate them from your souls right now. In the name of Jesus, every yoke, every ungodly entanglement, I separate it from your souls right now in the name of Jesus. Not one shall be lost. Do you know that? Not one shall be lost. Because we are not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. God wants you to love and he wants you to love well. Every person. Not just those that are easy to love. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 4. Let's start in verse 3. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, the God of this age has blinded. The goal for the God of this age is to blind minds. They can't see it. It's flat out obvious to others, but they can't see it. It says the God of this age blinds those who do not believe. You can say, but I am a believer. This doesn't fit. Are you believing in this circumstance? Because if not, you're blind in that area. Lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Satan, the God of this age, he blinds the minds of those people who refuse to listen to the truth. Let that not be any of you. I take that very seriously. And when I know there's something going on and the enemy tries to come against one of my very own I take authority and I go to war no matter how long it takes and no matter what is necessary. But you need to know that when something is done in the spirit like that, it doesn't affect one person. It affects everybody. And all you, all you thought was you just walked in and you didn't know why, but all of a sudden you just felt this junk. Because it's a spirit that's released. That's why I take it so seriously and I deal with it so that it doesn't, it's not allowed to remain. Spiritual Warfare 101. That's what this is about. People say, oh, I cast out demons. It's not just about casting out demons. That's easy. It's about recognizing the tactics of the enemy and not falling into the same old pit. And it's about realizing that it's a corporate attack that tries to happen when one person sins in secret. You're being strengthened and you're being taught. You're, you're going to grow that you have such great wisdom, the wisdom of God. And you're not going to consistently be slapped back and forth and back and forth from an unseen force you cannot even identify. 
because that's what happens. People get slapped back and forth. If you could have spiritual eyes to see what's happening. They get slapped back and forth and back and forth by an unseen force they can't even identify. And they think it's just, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? There must be something wrong with me. Not necessarily. I mean, if you're in sin, then yes, but not necessarily. You could have been a victim of that demonic spirit that was released. It's a witchcraft spirit. And if you didn't have the spiritual sense to say, oh, no, that's a spirit. I don't know where it's coming from, but I'll tell you right now, I rebuke that thing. I apply the blood of Jesus. What is the point that I'm talking about here today? Two points. One is the cross was enough. The blood of Jesus is enough. In Revelation 12, 11, it says, it's the blood of the Lamb. It's the word of your testimony that you've overcome the enemy. Amen. Nothing has changed, church. The word of your testimony needs to be the word of the Lord. You need to line up. It needs to line up. Your word needs to align with the word, the word. And then the blood of the Lamb, the cross was enough. And when you realize and you say, by the word of my testimony, by the blood of the lamb, Satan, I serve you notice, and I command you to flee. You're defeated. You don't get to have my children. You don't get to have my family. You don't get to have my church. You don't get to have my life. You don't get to have my ministry. You don't get to have that individual. I see you, and I'm not going to ignore you. Elijah, as much as we love the story of Elijah, he's, an, he's a faithful man, powerful man, powerful man, miracles, my goodness, what a faithful man. And so you think, how could the enemy have come in and brought in such a spirit of deception to such a powerful man? Because he does that. Be careful when you think you're going to stand, that's where you're going to fall. And unguarded strength is a double weakness. I've told you that before too. We need to make sure that we are allowing the Holy Spirit to guard us, to liter literally to strengthen us and to gird us up in every area of your life. In every area of your life. In Colossians 2.13, it says, And you being dead, we could stop right there. You're not who you used to be. Stop identifying with the dead self. We die to Christ, and we, we live in Christ. We die to the flesh. Verse 13 says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. He's made you alive. So therefore, every day we get to pick up our cross. Every day we get to say, you know what, even when it's difficult, Lord, and it feels like a heavy weight, it feels like it's difficult, but yet I'm going to please you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love even the those that are harder to love. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to extend grace and mercy because I know I need it every day. I know I need forgiveness every day, so I'm going to extend that forgiveness. I'm going to humble myself because I don't want God to have to humble me. I will humble myself, right? Live we are alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. There was a day before, before we were forgiven, before, before we accepted Christ, we were guilty. But you're not guilty anymore. You're forgiven. You're not a sinner. You are a saint. It says, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way. He has. He nailed it to the cross. Stop going backwards and saying, well, maybe there's something, maybe, you know, it's my fault. If it's your fault, admit it, humble yourself, make it right. Move on. Move on. But what I'm referring to here today is really not 
not necessarily that. I'm referring to the lashing that happens without you recognizing, and you weren't even a part of it, but you got slimed. You were just trying to make things better, and then you get slimed. It's a lashing. But I love the fact that we are victorious in Christ no matter what, because Jesus has spoiled or disarmed, verse 15. Now, we're back at verse 15. He has disarmed principalities. He's disarmed them. Don't allow them to function. Recognize it. Deal with it. Speak the word of truth. Don't allow your heart to get bitter. Don't allow your heart to be offended. Don't allow it. It's your job to keep your side of the street clean. Amen. He's already given us everything we need for life and godliness. So it's our job to say, I humble myself, Lord. I thank you. Uh, Lord, I, I, I repent for the areas that I repent. And then it's also our job to say, Lord, I forgive those that don't even ask for it. When we mess up, everybody messes up. Nobody is above sinning ever, right? We should be sinning less and less, but that doesn't mean you never will. But when we do, we should confess it quickly. Put yourself in the other person's shoes and realize, wow, you know what? My, my actions or my words were like that spirit that was released to Elijah. Spirits have words attached to them. Words are attached to spirits. When we release a word that's not of God, there is a spirit that's released, and it goes to try to find somebody that was associated with that whole thing, whether they were present or not, tries to come against you. This is why you may have not been present, but if you belong to that same association, you go there, it still is a hovering spirit that tries to attack you, and you didn't even know what happened. That's why you need to make sure you place yourself in right authority that sees these things as serious and takes authority and deals with them instead of overlooking them. You still learn the lessons, even though maybe it was something done to you. What can I learn from this? Well, I can learn how to make better choices and friends, although that wasn't the issue. But what can I learn from this? Well, I can learn how it feels when I'm slimed. So therefore, I can have more compassion because the chances of you making a mistake in the future, you know, is, is real. So you can have that insight and that foresight so that you don't go, well, I understand why you're so upset. Do you remember how you felt when you were violated, when you were slimed? So there's, there are things, you, lessons you can draw from even when the apology never comes. This was a Jezebel spirit in the story. Don't think for a moment Jezebel spirits are not still walking on the face of this earth trying to slime you just as well, full of their own stuff, Right? You love the individual, and you pray for them, but the spirit must be dealt with. Because if you don't deal with the spirit, it continues. It continues. She issued a death threat to Elijah, and then also to herself. Elijah basically has his life cut short. She ends up dying as well, a horrible death. It continues until somebody or unless somebody gets up and says, oh, no, oh, no, we're going to deal with this correctly. We're going to deal with this biblically. And we're going to deal with this, which means we're going to deal with this with the word of God. So we're going to proclaim the truth of God's word. We're going to live under the lordship of what his word says. We're going to apply the blood of Jesus. And we're going to make sure that we are walking in our authority, but not in our own strength. Here's what I'm trying to say. People think that they, oh, I have authority. And they go on their own strength. You don't go on your own strength. You go in the strength of the Lord. But you go with the word of truth. Devils, demons, powers, and principalities have no, they have no leg to stand on 
when you are speaking the word and you are commanding them to go based on the word and you apply the blood of Jesus. Because if you think we haven't been slimed, you don't even, then you didn't listen to anything that I just got done saying. But I'll tell you right now, it's okay because we're going to bless we're going to bless, we're going to love, but we're also going to say, oh, no, uh-uh, we're stronger for it all. We're, we're going to, no casualties of war. We're all moving forward together in strength, in victory. And watch this when you pick up an offense for somebody else. I can't tell you how many times that happens. It's done. It's dealt with. The individuals have dealt with what they need to deal with. They've made peace. They've made peace with God. They've made peace with one another. And then somebody else that was just a, you know, a bystander. They were just there. They heard it. They, over, they overheard things. They knew about certain things. They get the offense. They have really nothing to do with it. Not necessarily. Not fully. But they pick up the offense. And sometimes that second offense is worse than the original one for the individual that was offended, right? Then you're just like, you get mad at them. They're fine. They're good. Now you're all stuck. You're all stuck, and all you were doing is trying to help. You got to realize it's still a spirit of offense. It's just that second offense, right? And that second time extended offense, you know what I'm talking about? And that, it has to be dealt with. You need to say, oh, no, I'm not taking that bait, enemy bait, not taking it. Recognize it. Take it. Take authority over it. happens with husbands and wives and children all the time. A spouse says something to a child, and the other parent is like, oh, I can't believe you said that. You know? And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is backwards here. They're fine. They're good. But then you have, you're so mad at your husband. You won't, man, you're so mad at him for what he said. They're good. They resolved it. It probably needed to be said. But now you're still all mad, and you had nothing to really do about it in the first place, but you picked up an offense because you felt bad for that other person. When we don't think we have any, we never sin. We never, you know, take and fall for the enemy's assignments. My goodness, you're more deceived than you think, and we need to really pray for you. Because <laughs> deception is like, guys, stop trying to be so, so churchy per perfect. <laughs> Everyone puts on their little church face, I'm so perfect, I'm so perfect, praise the Lord. No, you're not. You're perfect in Christ. He sees you perfect, yes. But do you make mistakes? Yes. Well, fess up. When you do so, you literally stop that attack that was released. You stop it. You stop it for you, but you also stop it for everybody else that it was, it was on a mission. It was going. Can you see these things? Like, I see these things. I see these spirits. It's like, it's like it wasn't just meant for those two people. Once it was given access, because the right thing wasn't done, anger, whatever, uh, you know, rebellion. Once it was given access, it was given ammunition. And stop there. It laughs. And then he goes, great, I've just been given permission. Now I'm going to go and see who I can slime. Now I'm going to go and see who I can affect. They're going to have no clue as to what's happening. But because they're under that same roof, because they're under that same family, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and slime them. And they're having a heyday. And the rest of the people are going, what in the world's happening? I don't understand. I just don't feel like going to church. I just, feel, I just want to see how I can watch it online. You're taking the bait. 
is what you're doing. So what are the two things? We're going to, when we move in our authority, we're going to move in the power of the word of God, making sure he is our Lord and we're under the lordship of Jesus. We're going to make sure our bodies, our minds, our will, our emotions, everything, that we are letting, letting the word of God be what is spoken out of our mouth. And we remember that it is the blood of Jesus. That second point is the blood of Jesus, right? Revelations 12, 11. It's the blood of Jesus. Because the victory's already been fought and won, right? Because the victory's already happened, you have no fear to what might happen to you because the blood has already covered you and the blood has already been victorious. So therefore, that's what you stand on.